But when you put that bad boy on, people know, hmm, I like the way he's, you know. So what if we put Jesus on? He's more expensive than any cologne that fits in the bottle. So if we wear, if we wear him, people are going to know that. So you, you, you putting on Jesus will change the atmosphere, will change the trajectory of those people. So be, be aware of that. You, you're making a difference more than you realize. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to thank you for listening to the If I Must Boast podcast. I want to take a quick moment to share the heart and mission behind these episodes. 2 Corinthians 11.30 says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. In sharing our weakness and stories of suffering, we are able to reveal God's strength and power. It is my hope that these real, authentic, raw conversations with just everyday people inspire you to the cross and give you the courage to share with your community what you are going through. Because within that, we are able to give God all the glory. With that, I am so excited for today's guest. Let's boast. Welcome into the podcast. Um, I'm excited for today's episode. I have a dear friend of mine, a new friend of mine, um, probably a few months that we've gotten to know each other. Um, he likes to call them DAs, divine appointments. Um, just a, a very good friend, mentor, um, just somebody I'm so lucky to have kind of walk alongside me in life, especially in this season. Um, so I'm just excited to introduce him. Um, so just, for, I guess for the whole world to, to, to meet him today, Leonard Evans, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Well, thank you so much. It's a real honor. It's a delight to be here. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm, we, we, we almost had a whole podcast episode before we ever even hit record. Eating dinner, what, talking for maybe 35, 40 minutes. Uh, we, we should have had the record button going. We had, there were so many good nuggets in there. Hopefully, we cover some of those topics. Um, but before we kind of jump into today's episode, I just wanted to kind of get to get, have everybody else get to know you a little bit better, what you do um, currently, and then we can go from there. Okay. Well, uh, most of my life, I've been doing discipleship. That's really walking with guys, riding the heat of their stuff. Or, it doesn't have to be necessarily be stuff. It's just really in life, just being a friend. And uh, over the years, I realized that's a real key element that's missing, uh, even among the church, is just committed to walk with guys. Uh, just to give you an idea, I'll be attending a kind of a pre-wedding arrangement deal of a friend of mine that I've been walking with for 20 years. You know, he's getting married. It's incredible. So that's been really my life since I was 19, and uh, so I'm still at it, you know, at 71. Uh, it's just been a quite a journey. Uh, for my 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 statement is this: wherever he he leads me, I know that it's and I know that it's him. I'm right on it. Uh, I come to find out, you know, I realize that God's name, you know, the the word itself is spelled G O D, but if you took it off the deed, it means go. So I've been doing a lot of that in the last a few decades, and it's really been a joy. And then. The, to meet Justin here is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The word "go" is is definitely that suits you for real. Yeah. Um, so we met. How long ago was it? September. Yeah, it was year. No, August? no, it was, was in, it before that. It was in March. That was March. Yeah. Wow, time flies. Yeah, it was March last year when we had at the pizza place there, mm -hmm. just down the hill. From oh, because that's when you first came here. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you would know better than me because I, because that's you were 
probably one of your first weeks, yeah. or you you maybe haven't hadn't taken the position yet at where you were yet. It was still being discussed, or you so, just started. I just started. Yes, yes. Okay. Wow, that was March. That was March wow, of that was, last year. Man, my whole my life was totally different than it is right it now, was. and and a couple months ago. Um, but we, you talked about how wherever he tells you, like wherever he's going, wherever he's moving you, you follow. Um, that day where we met, my boss, he was just like, oh, do you want to come to lunch? And just, I, I never go to lunch really ever at work. I kind of just kind of plow through what I'm doing, just mm-hmm. eat on the side or whatever. And I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll meet this. He's like, I got some friends that I'm meeting through the, you know, the ministry that he helps with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, sure, I'll come. And glad I did because, <laughs> man, you've, you've really just impacted my life in a lot of ways and, it, and this is just the start of a friendship like absolutely it, I don't know I'll, I'll let you tell the story of that day I guess and and uh, yeah I'll, I'll let you kind of jump into that I guess but well you know we met at this restaurant of course I think no he came by the office first and then we walked down the street mm-hmm. to the restaurant and the whole time I'm thinking I wonder where this guy lives do I get to bring him home more or can I can I can I can I can I can I take them? I mean, you got lots of guys, God. Can I just have this one? <laughs> this is going through my head as we're walking, right? And then, of course, we had a wonderful lunch. Uh, and then I uh, then I made several calls, I think, and text messages to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you living an hour or so from me at the, at that point, and so I'm thinking, well, I'll probably never see him again. And but I felt like I need to keep reaching out. You know, uh, discipleship, you see, beloved, it's uh, it's long-term. Even the scripture says, Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you until Christ be formed in you. Well, how long is that? Until. How long is the until? Until. So you really don't stop. You just keep going until breath leaves your body. Then the, then the until will come. But until then, we've got work to do. And so my reaching out to Justin was just like, uh, God put him there, and I knew that, and I just need to do my part. How he took that or received that or walked in that, that's on him. But really, uh, for me, as a, as a discipler of Jesus, uh, my job's not done till breath leaves my body. And so I'll just keep at it, and I think, and we did. And then so, but we met there at the restaurant, and I just stayed in touch, sent him text messages every once in a while. Didn't want to know who this crazy guy is, and... But uh, anyway, you, you would your text messages would just like be prayers and just yeah. words of encouragement and all these things um, that really just through the different seasons, like really just needed, um, yeah. especially more so now. I feel like you just always that text would always just come like right when it right exactly when I needed it. Mm. Um, and I also remember that day when we were about to part ways is like you giving me a hug. And I'm a big hugger. Usually, people are not usually huggers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of my friends because I'm like out in public. If I meet somebody, I'm, I want to give him a hug, mm-hmm. handshake, fist bump, cool, but mm-hmm. hug. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just so cool to be seen by you. I guess is the word to say, because um, I was that March time frame was a very crucial. Or critical point in my life where I got baptized the October prior and I was starting to like really 
make changes, mm-hmm. get rid of friend groups that weren't serve, like weren't the, the 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 friendships that were leading me closer to the Lord. Um, it was changing churches, things like that. So to be seen by you at that moment was really something I needed. Um, so I thank you for for that. And like I said, it's just crazy how it all has yeah. played out. Yeah. How one like decision mm-hmm. to like show up to something kind of changes the trajectory. Yeah. Uh, I was honored actually. Just to, I was just so blown away. New kid in town, didn't really know that many people. <laughs> but I don't meet strangers either. It's just I just need time, pretty much. But that was I was honored, to say the least. Yeah. 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 So that. Um, what was I gonna say? There was so, there was something I was gonna say that was in that. Is uh, I'm losing my train of thought there. I don't know. I'll, if it comes to me, I'll I'll mention it. But it has been. Oh, now I remember. You, we were talking, middle of December, mm-hmm. and you were like, if you can do anything, and God was like in it, and you couldn't fail, like what would you do? And you asked me the same question today, maybe a little bit of a different answer, or kind of the same in a way. But one of the things I mentioned was like the podcast, and that's right. Yeah, just being able to inspire and like use my passion, um, my conviction, and my like just the way I like to kind of conduct myself. Um, and you were like, one of the things that kind of spoke to me was make sure like you have a date, like just set a date for when it's gonna when you're gonna release it and like hold to that date. Because at that point, I was kind of just like kicking it around, and it was an idea, and I really didn't know how I was going to go about it, but you were like, you said that, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, beginning of January, I will release it. I don't care what it looks like, what it sounds like, um, I'm just going to do it, and so I thank you for that, for your part in how this has all progressed. Not that there's a million people listening right now, but to to get something started. I feel like that's always the hardest thing. The enemy wants you to like question yourself or be like, how are people gonna view this? People are gonna think I'm stupid, corny, whatever it is. Um, and to hear you say that kind of gave me that confirmation that like, it doesn't matter, just set the date and do it. And then let the Lord work in the rest of it. Amen. So um, so I do thank you for that. That was uh, that played a big, big part in it because I don't, I might have kicked the can down the road for a few months, maybe a year. Um, who knows? And hearing you kind of inspire me in that way was was very critical for me, crucial for me. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So we can kind of shift a little bit. I I feel like you do so much pouring into me because I I've been a, like a wreck the last two months, as you know. I don't get to know YouTube. I haven't got to know YouTube too well. Um, your story, who you are, um, how the Leonard at 71 years young is just this guy. Like I want, like I hope to be like you. I hope to be 50% of you one day. Um, but obviously there is so many years prior to that, so many things that I have never really got to know, get to, get to, to learn about you. So I guess for me and for the listeners, this could be our first time to just hear your story. So I'll let you kind of just take it wherever you want to go and uh we'll just i'll i'll pop in with some questions here and there absolutely (laughs) well uh i was 19 years old when i accepted christ 
in my heart. I never will forget. It was June 10th, 1971, at 10.30 on a Saturday morning. And um, it was just it was an amazing day. I, I, I really, I mean, we grew up pretty decent in a sense. We are a good family. People knew us. And, um, um, but there was a, there's, because we grew up religiously, uh, we knew about God, but we didn't travel the 18 inches to the heart to really make the change. It was all, I mean, I'll fight, I'll fight over you when it comes to having a party in the church, but just as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. I didn't know him. I knew about him. So when I accepted Christ, it was a big deal. Uh, it was a miracle, to say the least. That's the greatest miracle of all, of course, is when someone accepts Christ into their hearts. Uh, uh, and like I said, at 19, and that was more than just accepting Christ, that was being totally healed. Because I was healed the first, I was sick the first 19 years of my life and wasn't given only three weeks to live when I was born. So uh, my twin sister, she survived, but I was not going to look like I was, wasn't going to survive. And so they gave me three weeks to live. Older sister uh, prayed with me and stood with me while mom was with, with my sister, Linda. Uh, but uh, for me, it was like, okay, just a matter of days and it's all over. But God, I like the but God part. Because he stepped in and stepped over and did a whole lot of more things. And so so I was, those first 19 years was pretty difficult for me. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't go outside. My nose would be like a spigot. Uh, we didn't have a TV. We had a, what we call an upright radio, about four feet or five feet tall, maybe, in the sense of a big radio. Um, but we would listen to the podcast, so the radio programs. And, uh, and, uh, and, and God would use that to, to really heal me uh, in those moments. And my, like I said, my nose would bleed. And then when I think, and never forget, it was all robbers. He was our number one guy out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. He had opened up a hospital back in those days. And so we were very familiar with him, listened to his programs all the time. And he said, if anyone's sick in your home, put their hands on the radio as a point of contact and God will heal them. And each time we did that, beloved, the bleeding would stop instantly. Uh, the doctors didn't have a cure. I didn't have an immune system, basically. And to say the least, I wouldn't have made it through COVID. But uh, anyway, uh, we would do that. And each time, because there was no cure. I was taking medication, but it was just keeping it at bay at best. Uh, and so when I really got saved, I got completely healed. I didn't question anything that I ate or drink or wherever I went. I knew God had healed me. And I'm 71 years later, 50 years later, now in the walk, and I'm still here. Uh, the medical uh, plans that we have in this country, they don't like me at all because they think at 71. I, I was asked a few weeks ago, actually, well, mister, how many medications are you on? And she could see I was squirming. This was a face-to-face -face visit with the medical team. She could see I was squirming. And I said, she said, are you okay? I said, I'm just trying to figure out how to answer your question. <laughs> I said, I haven't been on medication in 20 years or more, and I don't plan on it. And uh, she didn't quite know how to take that. But uh, God kept his end of the deal, and I'm keeping mine. And so, and then I went, when I really, really saw that Jesus wanted to live in my heart and not just my head, I started reading my Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then I've got a section called God's Electric Power Company. 
That's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. <laughs> you should try. You should connect with that power company. It'll mess you up in a good way. <laughs> but that's God's electric power company: Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So I'd come home from work and I just read my Bible. And the thing that stuck out to me during that time was, wow, Jesus said, go and make disciples. He didn't say to invite them, convert them, change them. He said, go make them. Mm. And so I took his word for I took his word on it. If he said it, it was okay. Because back there again, in that era of time, we're not getting saved. Uh, hit trackers was a pleasant thing to do. And it still is if you know God. But uh, anyway, that's a little side note. But uh, mom said, don't pick up hitchhikers. So I just pretend I didn't hear because I knew as soon as I hit the freeway and I see someone might need hitchhiking, I said, God, can I, can I, can I, can I? Is that my guy? Can I go get him? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd pick him up. What are you going to do, kill me? That'd be promotion. <laughs> that's not time yet. And I'd preach the gospel to them every mile of the way, if it's 50 miles or 100. Had an amazing time doing that. Did that for years, actually. Uh, and so I saw the picture of discipleship, and I was all in. I bring hitchhikers home, let them get cleaned up, sleep the night over, feed them, send them on the way the next day. Uh, I would never be in a hurry to, to to get to work or to leave from work. I'll leave two hours before and two hours later, or and go a route to pick up hitchhikers to take them wherever they needed to go. Yeah. Where does that, like, how does that, um, that muscle, you were saying before we, we started talking, like the sharpening mm -hmm. of like the discerning, like the, yeah. ear, like the, the ear or the, your eyes to like that kind of thing. How do you, like, how do you flex that muscle or continue to work it? Cause like, I, to me, that's so scary. <laughs> like I, the thought of picking up a hitchhiker. Ah, like that's just, it sounds yeah. cool. Like yeah. it sounds like, yeah, that's what we should be doing. But for you, you were just like, I'm all in. I'm yeah. all about this. Yeah. Um, so how do you, I'm sure when you first start, is there some type of there's hesitancy a, or? Yeah, there's a little, there's a little apprehension. But like I said, I mean, I know where I'm going. <laughs> so it wasn't a real problem if they were going to take my vehicle or kill me. I, I was good. I'm good to go. Um. So, yeah, but at the same time, how do you start a conversation? And sometimes most of these guys are smoking. I said, now, I'll give you a ride, but you can't smoke in here or drink. You can pour it out or you can put it out, but if you want to ride with here. So that was the first rule of the of the vehicle. And then, uh, then the second is usually general questions, where you're headed. Uh, tell me about yourself. Uh, why are you hitchhiking? You know, you didn't do this overnight. You know, just trying to kind of figure out where to go and all the while I'm listening uh, to my heart uh, on their behalf. Uh, and, but once you do that, you know, once or twice, you kind of get good at it, so to speak, with that knife, that spiritual knife gets sharpened. Mm -hmm. And you know, just, you know, especially if you only have, you're just going across town. Pardon me, you know, they're just going, they want to they want to be taken to a truck stop. Okay? So you don't have a, maybe a lot of time. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my uh, encounters were overnights. So I'd bring them home, let them get cleaned up, spend the night, and send them out the next morning. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> so, you know, the, I've done that for 50 years, and I've never been hurt, threatened, or stolen yeah, for, I mean, yeah. for 50 years. And so... I guess when it's a divine appointment, like you said, it's... God's in that, so yeah. there's protection in it, so... Well, 
You know, because I traveled so much during those years, and when you pass a guy, immediately I knew I should have get I should have gotten him. And I have. I've turned around, go take the next exit, go back and get him. By that time he's gone, someone else has picked him up. So there again, I don't live regretful. I just I'm, I'm intentional. And so when I do have an opportunity, I'll just go and get the guy because I know that he God set him up there for me. I just know that. I mean, it's, it, it all really comes out of your personal relationship with him. So before you left the house, I remember when I was in Bible school for two years, I'd put on the whole armor of God as if I'm putting on clothing. I put my helmet on. I got my shield of faith. I got my sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I got my breath righteousness. I got my belt of truth. I got my feet prepared with the gospel of peace, the shoes of peace. And so I'm armored. I'm ready to fall. I'm ready for battle. And by the way, in case you haven't noticed, haven't noticed, there's no parts for the back of you of that armor so it's all moving forward there's no mm. retreat mm. okay I never know. yeah never and so um so I, I i literally did that emotionally mentally even subconsciously many times before i ever leave my house because i know that i'm going to have some encounters and i need to be ready for when you have an encounter like that you can't go and pray about this for three days mm. you have about a 30 minute window at most maybe three seconds to figure out what you're going to do at this moment that's why it's crucial to have to develop your and maintain your personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, that makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And so when you get out outside of your four walls, you're armed and ready, dude. You're ready to go. Rain come what may. It's too late, devil. I, I'm already decided. I've got this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like I said earlier, wanting to be like you when I grew up, <laughs> That it's, you can clearly, I think the biggest struggle for, especially our generation, is just the distractions, yeah. the phones, and all these things that kind of pull us away. Um, so when we do walk out the door in the morning, we're not fully armored. Yeah. Um, so how do you, what is your typical routine? I mean, I came in here and you just had the worship music on and sitting in silence and just quiet time. I, I assume that's probably... The most part, for the most part, what you what you do when you're at home yeah. is that is that the case? And how does a morning routine look like to for when you're walking out that door to be prepared? Well, there's two things I I do religiously, but really relationally. And that's my coffee and my Bible. <laughs> and, you know, I have a, cu- a cup of coffee, and then I'm sitting, I'm reading in the book of Luke and John at the moment. And uh, when the year was getting ready to get started, I said, God, I want a freshness of your word. I want to read it as if I just got saved. I want to give me a hunger for it. I, I read it pretty good last year, but I want to read it every day. And I want to be intentional. And I don't want to just check a box. Mm. You know, for example, John chapter 20, I think it has maybe, what, 48 or 58 verses. I don't want to just read that chapter and check it. I want to, so I, what I do now, I read in sections as it's divided with different titles. I'll read that. If I got it the first time, I'm good. If not, I'll read it two or three times till I get it because that's the whole idea. So I'll do my Bible reading. Then I have a prayer list that I run through. Uh, it's divided up in three categories. I have married couples. I have uh, what I call harvesters. Harvesters are organizations, uh, businesses and companies that are intentional about the gospel. So they own that list as harvesters, like your church. Like, it's like First Church on the Corner, where that church's name is on my list mm-hmm. type thing. 
Then I have what's called warriors. And they're usually guys, single guys, and uh, they're from all over the world, really, and they own that list. So some mornings I go through them individually by name, all three of those categories. And the other ones I just lay my hands and put the papers between them and just pray as a group. It just depend kind of on time as well. And I'll do that, and uh, I send out a text message about once a month. And usually that text message is birthed out of that prayer time, that alone time with God, just listening and, and trying to hear, because it's impossible to say the least, to know about all these people and all these organizations, what's going on with them. But God knows what's going on with them. He just needs us to be the PVC pipe so that he can run through and get his stuff done and get those words out to people that are in need. It's not complicated. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, Saint. Okay. Uh, my so. coach used to, my basketball coach used to, it was a different word for the last. Oh, yes, I'm <laughs> sure. For the oh, I'm sure. Depends <laughs> on how, how close you know the individual. You can use that other word. But if you don't know them, then the most polite and etiquette way would be keep it simple, saint. Mm. And uh, But yeah, just spending time. And uh, God is not, I feel like for me, it's not, I need to spend hours of time with him. Really, we live with him every moment, but in a sense of un disturbed, distracted time. Uh, he's looking for his consistency, not so much as why well, I spent my 30 minutes in. And maybe some of you listening, you maybe are probably more in love with your devotional time than you are with the one that you should be devoted to. Mm. Okay. Um, what I mean by that is, let's, I'll call your name Bill. Let's say Bill calls me while I'm praying. Well, many of you would not even get the call because you're in your devotional time. I'll get it because I've probably been praying for Bill in that moment. So God really connected us in that moment. So I'll get the call, and usually it's a very timely call. So I'm more in love with spending God and hearing him and responding to the people he bring my way than I am with the time that I have set aside to be with God. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. I've heard, I've heard um, it was somebody at my church uh, maybe a couple months back, and they... He was like, what do you call your time with like, with the Lord? Like, what do you call it? Yeah. A lot of people say like their Bible time mm-hmm. or their Bible reading time or something like that. He's like, I just challenge you. And this might, if this is not what it's all what you're saying, then you can, you know, correct me on it. But this is what I'm just kind of gathering and mm-hmm. how I feel connects. He's like, he's like, I challenge you to just call it like your quiet time mm-hmm. where it's like, Lord, how are you going to, how do you want to spend this time together? Yeah, it could yeah. be me sending voice memos mm-hmm. in prayer over somebody else or whoever comes to mind or it could be just sitting in the quiet mm-hmm. or it could be time in the word. like a lot of times it is gonna be time in the word but not like almost putting that time like in a box of no. like this is exactly how it's gonna go no. and not leaving the room for him to just take that's it right. wherever it's gonna go so precisely that's it's cool how another spiritual leader that i have in my life has said something similar because yeah. um, it i'm sure another listener other listeners um, hearing this, and this is what I feel a lot of times, is there's so much like be in the word, be in the word, be in the word, which is like, yes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when it's like when I'm so, when life's so busy or I'm just so drained, mm-hmm. especially as a man, like where I feel like I have to constantly just get after it and do the next thing, that I don't ever, I don't really, I struggle to just sit there and like maybe lay on my bed and just kind of like decompress and breathe and just use that quiet time yeah. just to like sit there. Mm. And I think that's even so yes. much more powerful. Well, yes. I don't want to say it's more powerful than reading the Bible, but like sometimes like that's what is needed and you what's necessary listen. and what he's calling you to do. 
So hearing that is more conviction for me to just be okay with sitting in that silence yeah. and not feeling I always like I always have to do something. Yeah. Sign up for the Bible study, like the the third Bible study. Like I'm in, I'm one on Tuesday and Sunday. Now I need to be on, in one on Thursday. Like like those are all good yeah. things, but for me at least, it was leading to a lot of burnout. Yeah, for sure. And it became more about what I was doing. Yeah. And what was the statement that you made? It was like. Your devotional time. You're more in love with your devotion time than the one that you should be devoted to. Because mm -hmm. if I'm devoted to Jesus, and then you happen to call me, or God put you on my heart while I'm praying, even in that moment, in those moments, I have texted that individual. Hey, dude, I'm praying for you. Hope you're having a great day. And sometimes I get a call back almost immediately. Or a text say, hey, I really needed that. So I'd question your relationship even when i'm driving sometimes i have the music on the instrumental or words um, songs with words or sometimes god just wants me so i'll turn off everything because i he talks to me when i'm driving a lot mm -hmm. i love it you know i did it for 30 years i didn't have a radio or a cassette player or a track some of you don't have any clue what those are but <laughs> yeah, we, we have a young audience we have a young audience <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any of those things and uh so it was just really, my, I really, I struggle with praying in a, in a place because my vehicle was my prayer time. You know, you drive from, from Texas to Michigan, that's a long time to be praying, mm -hmm. but I'm ready for the hitchhiker too, because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm already prayed up. But anyway, um, there is something to be said though, is just sitting there. Uh, many times it's monologue prayer, and it should be dialogue, you know. I, not me just doing all the talking, but just sitting there looking at who's on your heart or what's on your heart. or And just sitting there in his presence because the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are the pleasures forevermore. So if I'm just basting in his presence, I'm going to leave there with everything I need for that day at least because his manna is fresh, his mercies are new every day. There's manna every day. And so I'm good and just sitting there and listening. And sometimes he has some kicks with me. He needs to get knocked out of place. <laughs> so I got to sit and listen to those too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wonder what those are because I, I look at you, man, and I'm like, oh, it's, I'm like, I, the Lord has really blessed me with so many people in my life that I'm like, whoa, that they are a reflection of Christ. Yeah. Like, and you're one of those for sure. Uh, like I said earlier, if I can be 50% of the man that you are, I'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, man, I, I sit here and I listen to you and I'm like, I almost want to keep you to myself in a way where I'm like, no, I don't, I just want to hear you. Like, just talk to me. I don't want you to hear the, like the listeners to hear this. Cause I'm like, I know I want, I want all of you <laughs> selfishly, selfishly, but man, that look, our listeners are so blessed to hear, yeah. to hear you speak today. Oh, cause it's, there's just so much wisdom, so much wisdom in that and what you say. Uh, I just, I, I sit here and I can just listen to you talk all day. The one thing about your devotional time with Jesus, you know, we'll pray about food, Lord, bless the food to nourish the strength in our bodies, you know, whatever however form you pray. Great, that's awesome, and we should. What if you did that before you read his word? Because it's food too. And you, you, you go to where you normally read, right? And you, and you, you, you turn to that section of scripture. It says, Father, I'm about to read your word. 
I pray that you'd open my heart, my mind, my eyes to see what you see. Speak to me. Prepare me for what's prepared before me. For your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-shoes sword. Your word is my shield and buckler. Your word is forever still in heaven. Be it so in my heart and life. What if you did that before you read? And then when you read it, oh my goodness, it's like you never saw that. And I have seen scriptures. I've read scriptures beginning of the year, like, like Lazarus, for example. I, when I read that after I prayed, after I prayed over my food in John, and I got and came to that segment of scripture, it's like I never saw that before. That's why it's important we need to pray. You know, Jesus called Lazarus forth. And uh, you know this story, many of you do. But when Lazarus came forth, his hands and feet were bound, and he had grave cloth, uh, cloth on his face. And what did he tell the church to do? Loose him and let him go free. The church is not loosing people. They're not. But Jesus gave us the first command to loose them because he did his part. He resurrected, he resurrected Lazarus from the dead and told the church to loose him. I think that's our responsibility today as well. I never saw it like that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, man. Oh, you got style. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Uh, there is, there's been, it is crazy how the word just, like you said, you, you could just, it just reveals itself in different ways, yeah. in different seasons. Um, so to like always come humbly to his feet in that way where it's yeah. like, Hey, like I, like, I want to learn something. Like I'm going to learn something new in this. Yeah. Um, I think so many times, especially, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church, but I could see how somebody has grown up in the church and they learn all the stories mm -hmm. and all these things. And it becomes, like you said, just checking a box mm -hmm. and you never get to have that new revelation on something that you've already read a million times or however many times you read it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's good because I there, even in in my short walk with the Lord, like there's been things I've re I've read through again, and I'm like, wait, it didn't read like that before. Yeah. I'm like, huh. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy how how it's like it, the the word is living, like right, like that's, yeah. uh, it's good. Um, and 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 knowing that, kind of hearing how you explain it, it gives me more of a hunger for it too because it's like, okay. In this season, there I can I can read this, and something new could come out of this, Amen. like a new a new perspective yeah. um, to get me through. So that's that's really good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, before we, I, I texted you well, a couple of weeks ago when we kind of had this scheduled, where you're like, "What are we going to talk about?" and okay. things of that nature, and kind of I struggle to use the word suffering I don't know how you feel about using the word suffering okay. rather than just like enduring because I feel like the, the word suffering is like almost accepting that like the acceptance of it like where yeah. it's like this is the season I'm in and like I'm just suffering it, I'm accepting it yeah. you know what I mean mm -hmm. instead of like no this is there's hard things it could be health challenges or whatever mm -hmm. and I'm enduring it mm -hmm. pressing forward focus on the Lord. Like, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's just kind of how I feel like I, I struggle to use the word suffering. Okay. Even though I know we are suffering like just as humans in general. Right. I don't know what your take is on that, but I've, 
I've just struggled to accept that where it's like it can almost become like your personality where it's just like, oh, I'm I'm suffering right now. I'm suffering. I'm suffering. Suffering for Jesus. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's like a, like an emblem that we wear yeah. in a way instead of just like, I'm enduring right now. But I'll let you maybe speak on that before <laughs> I wanted to kind of dive a little deeper into like a topic I wanted to speak okay. on. Okay. Well, that that is a interesting area to say the least. I think it, it touches on so many things like false humility or someone maybe trying to appear to be spiritual because they are suffering. Uh, I really feel like it's a lot of not knowing the scriptures and not knowing who they are in Christ. Uh, Missouri, for example, has the slogan, uh, no, I'm sorry, that show me, but I think it's Indiana or something. I think it's Indiana. Who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. You think yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think it's important for us to know whose we are and who we are. Uh, and that will definitely narrow down the self-pity or the false humility or the look at me, aren't I spiritual type thing. Uh, we're in a world, I often use the phrase, the expression like, say like this room is filled with 20 people and 18 of them are smoking, but you and I are not. Uh, but when we leave, our clothes, we're going to smell like we've been smoking. And our friends say, hey, you guys, I didn't know you guys smoke. Well, we don't. But we were in an atmosphere that smoked. It was pretty smoking. Okay? And so we're in a world, a fallen world, that we're just visiting. This is not our final turf. And so, yeah, we're in a world of suffering and heartache. And uh, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But personally, since I know Jesus... And I know what his word says. I'm going to put up a fight. Because mm-hmm. as far as I know, heaven doesn't have it. And so what should I have to put up with it? So if I know what his word says, like there's a, a deal I say about myself, usually most mornings with my devotion time. Uh, well, I thank you for this day. This is a day that you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. My body, I declare and decree that my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Filled with praise, filled with power, and filled with glory. Therefore, I forbid any sickness, disease, virus, germs, cancer, tumors, sin, or any malfunction that attached itself on in this body, because this body belongs to you. For you were wounded for our transgressions, you were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we were healed. Devil, you're a liar, for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I, did put, I present my body to you today, God, as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. And I refuse to be conformed to this world, but I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Verse 3 says, For I say by the grace of God that is given to me and to every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So I'm just agreeing with God. Mm. I'm not saying those, I'm going to keep getting the symptoms, okay? I am. Be it physically or be it financially or be it you can't get along with your neighbors. <laughs> I get it. But it doesn't stop there. What does God say? Uh, what, what, where does my heart need to be in all of this? Because if I can't get along with my neighbor, I probably need to go bake them some or cut their lawn or do something to change that. Okay? But really, um, like I said, we all are in a world that's suffering all around us. But it's like, what do you do with that? You know, mm-hmm. when COVID showed up, Jesus answered my door. He did really good. I didn't have to fear. Jesus was in the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I just really just, you know, like I, you know, as you can imagine, 
It's stuff that the devil would like to put on me, like Arthur. Arthur's not welcome in my house. That's arthritis. He's not welcome <laughs> here. Okay? <laughs> so he wants to show up at everybody, but he, he's not allowed here. Mm. And I know that from the scriptures. And so I just, I'd say to you, instead of appearing to be someone that you're not really, or trying to impress people that you really don't like anyway, don't do that. You're wasting time. Just get a hold, get a hold of Jesus, fall in love with Him all once again. See for who He is. See for what He's called you to be, and then fight the good fight of faith. I'm not saying uh, none of the greatest healing, of course, is to leave the breath and go home and be with Jesus. That's the ultimate healing for sure, in the sense of suffering physically. Uh, well, it's in my family. Yeah, in my family was a disease too that was pretty prominent. But when I came to Christ, that curse was broken, and I knew that. And so I'm holding God to it, and he's kept his end of the deal, by the way. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> How do you—so um, So you're you were raised, like, in a family of faith, or was it— Yeah, like, yeah. We, we, we grew up in a denomination. Yeah, we grew up in a denomination of the Baptist—Baptist-born, baptist born, baptist fed and all of that and because we grew up on the king james mm -hmm. if you didn't do king james you're gonna die but you go you you're not saved you don't do king james okay <laughs> we're a hardcore because but yeah. but the relationship is what i was lacking i didn't mm -hmm. have that because i i would have so i didn't grow up with any of that at all and a lot of struggles and and trials and just very th like nasty hard things that i had to go through as a kid and hearing your story of like just like the health issues and like you weren't even supposed to make it if if you were if i was growing up like that i would have been like this god thing doesn't seem real because if it if it was if he was then why yeah. why yeah, that's a good point so i'm just that's a very good point it's so cool to see how you kind of were able to skirt around that in a way I, at least it sounds that yeah, way well because me i was like no i don't want i was so stubborn yeah i was like nope mm -mm, i'm not gonna believe it yeah. why would i believe it and we, then i came then i came with a humble heart where it was like oh wait this is why this this yeah. is exactly why but you know looking back we probably could have taken that route of uh, this is my affliction for life but we we weren't over the top, or in the sense of today's terminology, full gospel or charismatic in the sense of that, we just knew God and his Bible and the word. That's what we had. and um, But it wasn't a thought of us living with my condition. It was a thought that we believe in healing mm. because God's word says so. So we, I, I really grew up in faith, and we grew up very poor. But we didn't know that we were poor. We thought everybody lived on Vienna sausages and saltine crackers, <laughs> you know. And uh, whatever we'd set down to eat, be it water and bread or rice or whatever, or just or pork and beans or pig feet or whatever. So we'd pray over whatever we were getting ready to eat, and there'd be a knock at the door. And there'd be a neighbor, someone that knew my family, was thinking of us and they bring us half a turkey or ham or chicken or whatever they had not knowing our state and it was incredible so i grew up seeing the faithfulness of god seeing the goodness of god and not being bitter or mad or questionable we, when things happen to us 
especially with the health condition. I mean, I've got a lot of health issues ran through our family, but we didn't blame God. We didn't accuse God. We weren't mad at God. We just knew he was a big God and he's in charge. Mm-hmm. And we were okay with that. And we grew up with that, you know, with that understanding that God's God and that's the end of the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. I, I feel like I've, I've struggled with that. Um, it might just be being newer in the faith and like expecting it to be a certain way yeah, and like chasing expectations mm-hmm. of what, like of what I thought I was supposed to be like the promises I was supposed to be given. Right. Um, or that promises I was supposed to be kept. Um, and I've kind of, at least in this season of life where it's like, I've, I've chased the expectation so much and and this is just how I how I view it and how at least I, I feel like he's speaking to me in it. He's like, he's like, dude, like you've been chasing the expectation and the things that you like desire and that you pray for, like, yes, those are good things. And in, in my time, I will give it to you. But if you, you need to stop chasing it because when you chase it, it's always, you're chasing the wrong thing that I haven't promised to you. And then on the other side of it, I get hurt from it, right? Like I, I'm like, well, God, I thought you were supposed to give this to me, right? And he's like, well, I didn't promise you that exact thing. And here's where the problem lies in this, is that when I view it that way, when I chase the expectation, I don't get what I thought I was supposed to be given. One, I get hurt by the situation, and then I feel like God has taken his hand off of me because it's like, well, why are you punishing me? Right? And And he's like, well, I didn't, I wasn't giving you that anyways. So like you only, you hurt yourself in that way. But in this whole thing, I'm starting to now question how God views me. Yeah. Cause why wouldn't I question how God views me? If I feel like he, or somebody did me wrong or, or he did me wrong. I can't believe that God loves me and all these things, but this all comes from a place of me just chasing after something that wasn't supposed to be mine in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I, I share that just because like I, I start to realize now I'm like I like you was it 19 years old when you were healed? Mm-hmm. That's 19 years of just waiting, yeah, patiently waiting, yeah. And so many of us, we struggle to wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might just be like the generational thing where mm-hmm. it's like I need to get it right now. Yeah. Um, but you see it in in the Bible of how many people. Like they just, they've been, they wait, they just, mm-hmm. you just wait for so long. Yeah. Um, but how much hurt comes when you try to do it your own way. And yeah. I, I don't know where I was going yeah, with that. But well, well, back in the day, we used to wear a bracelet and every once in a while I'll see one. And you're probably familiar with it since I mentioned it here to you. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. We wore that both re- with great conviction and with re- religiously. And so instead of doing things, our first question would be, well, what would Jesus do? Well, many of those things that you and I could do today, Jesus wouldn't do, for starters. But I think it's a question that we still need to ask. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? You know, and uh, all of that, which there again, that stems from your quiet time or devotional time or your alone time with God, whatever whatever works for you. Most people 
maybe walk around the neighborhood or go hiking. That's the alone time for me. I need to be home in my chair and quiet and sitting there with no distractions. Uh, that's me. If I'm driving, of course, that's good hang time for me because it's just me and him, and it's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, uh, yeah, a lot has to be said with the posture of your heart, you know. Living for God is not really convenient. It's quite costly, but he's paid the price of it all, really. But it's, ne it's definitely not convenient. Uh, we do have, if you read his word, and if you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it'll come out when you do. Uh, in regards to all, whatever comes your way, you know, the disappointments, the suffering uh, physically or relationships or just someone wants to sue you, whatever the, the, the deal is, all of that needs to come before God. And basically, if you can't pass the blood test, it's not him anyway. Mm. It needs to come under the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says when a man's ways pleases the Lord, he make even his enemies to be at peace with him. So it really goes back to your heart posture before God. And uh, whether it's uh, in your favor or not, are you going to continue walking with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Daniel uh, was a perfect example of that man upright before God. He delighted in God. Uh, and he delighted in, uh, and decided not to eat the king's uh, meat. But uh, the Bible says God stopped them, shut the mouths of the lions from, so they wouldn't devour him because he was an upright man. And if God did that for Daniel with being no respect to a person, I'm sure he could do that for you. But Daniel's ways pleased the Lord. So there again, we're talking about heart posture here. Mm -hmm. You know, where's your heart at in all your journey? When was the last time you prayed for your coworkers, your boss, your company, your neighbors, even this country? You know, it's it's really a heart matter. It really is. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I think that's something that you constantly have to kind of check yourself yeah. on for sure. Um, is is that exact thing i i that kind of calls to mind uh or brings to mind like saul and uh and david mm -hmm. um I, I, we my bible study has been reading through it through first samuel um over the last couple weeks and it really convicted me a lot because i'm like i i'm like aren't we all though aren't we all saul in that like where it's like or we could be mm -hmm. where it's like we feel like god put us in this position and then, like, now, in a way, he takes his hand off. Because, like, we honestly mess up. Like, we're just, mm -hmm. we mess up all the time. And then we feel like, oh, he chose somebody else instead. And, like, the, the amount of bitterness and resentfulness and all these things that, like, in my flesh that I feel, I'm like, it can go two ways. I can repent for the things that I've been doing and I can see, I can see where I've gone astray in a way mm -hmm. and be like, God, I, I turn to you. Like I have like, I don't want this. I, I hate that this situation has occurred, but here's where I've gone wrong. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Or you can be like Saul where it's just like it totally, that bitterness and resentment and all that stuff of the situation. When you start to compare yourself, mm -hmm. you can let that just take over yeah. and it lead to your demise. Yeah. 
And that reading through that has really opened my eyes in a lot of ways. Cause I'm like, which like which route am I? Which route am I gonna take? Am I gonna take the route where, hey, like I have messed up and I can see the ways I've gone wrong, and God still loves me in that, and I'm gonna turn to Him, or am I just gonna be like, well, God's done with me now. What's the point? I might as well just carry on and with this bitterness. Um, I, I, what you were explaining kind of like highlighted that more for me too, and I, that's why I just wanted to share share that. Um, because even David too, and you you. Your biblical, you know, theological wisdom is way far superior than mine, but I feel like David, very similar in a way where he's he's not perfect either, yeah. But he's a man after God's heart. Like mm-hmm. that's that's all he asks of yeah. us. Like he doesn't want perfect. That's right. He just wants your heart. He yeah. just wants your full yeah. attention. Yeah. Right. Like even when you mess up, it's like I'm still trying. I'm still trying to pursue you. Yeah. Um, which is always so crazy to me because I feel like if I mess up, I'm like, God's done with me. Even though I know it's not the truth, that's the enemy. But again, that's in a way, it's like you're uh, not selfish, but your ego, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, uh, like, oh, you're done with me. Like, that's just all from a place of just like, just ego, pride. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't think any of that of you. He just wants your heart. He wants you to realize where you went wrong yeah. and that the focus should be on him. Um, sorry for the long winded thing. There. <laughs> I was just, it called, a, it called to mind a lot of things that I've been kind of pondering through over the last couple of weeks. I heard a, an, e, uh, an acronym for the word ego and that's edging God out. And that's what happens when we, when pride kicks in, mm-hmm. but it is really a, a, a posture of the heart. Um, we don't have to get saved every day, but we do have to make decisions every day. We have to commit every day. It's not automatic. Um, I remember, like I said, two, for two years, I would literally put on the whole armor of God, kind of physically, just to help me consciously, so that I'm, when I do enter the field, I know I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a posture of the heart. Yeah, there's, there's too many battles to be fought yeah. on a daily basis to yeah. not to not do that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a culture of busyness though, mm-hmm. that you, you don't take the time to like, for like even one, even it doesn't have to be this big, at least for me, it doesn't have to be this big exercise or thing that you need to do. It could just be taking pause right before you walk out the door and like taking that second yeah. to just, to do exactly what you're saying or before you walk into work, sit in your car for a few extra mm-hmm. minutes um, but we live in this culture where it's like, no, I need to get to work right now. And if I'm two minutes late, like that's not okay. Yeah. But wh- like, why not take those two extra minutes mm-hmm. to set you, to set yourself up, to set your sights yeah. on the right course yeah. for the day ahead. That's right. Um, so that, yeah. I mean, that's convicting for me where it's like, yeah. I get going too much mm. from thing to thing that I don't really take the time in between things. To, well, to prepare well, myself. One brother successful. put it this way. He says, I've got too much going on to not pray. <laughs> and I would I would agree. I would say, I've said that, I've thought that myself. You know, I've got too much going on to not spend time in prayer. Because once I leave, I'm on enemy territory. <laughs> once I leave my castle, and once you leave your castle, you're stepping on enemy territory. So we have too much going on to not take the time to pray. Mm. Yeah. 
That's a word right there. Hello. <laughs> That'll preach. <laughs> if you, seven, seven days without prayer makes a long week. W-E-A-K. Mm. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. That's good. Whew. What, what, what else you got? You got anything else on your mind um, right now? But you know, beloved, you that are listening, God so delights in you. He's so for you. The Bible says the very hairs in your head are numbered. God called you by name before you were ever created in your mother's womb. He knows you're down sitting and you're uprising. He's acquainted with all your ways. There's not a word in your tongue that he doesn't already know. This is Psalms 31, by the way. You need to go back and read it if you haven't read it lately. And the King David goes on to say in that chapter, he said, Lord, how precious are your thoughts unto me? How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they're more in number than the sand. Have you ever tried to count a handful of sand? I'm not talking about the sand in Davidson County or Rutherford. We're talking about the sand all over Tennessee, all over the U.S., all over the world, the thoughts that God thinks towards you, beloved. So what you thinking? You know, you need to think the thoughts of God. Mm. Yeah, if you think that the... You say, well, it's never good. I mean, I don't want to lie. You don't have to lie. Just agree with God. Sometimes there is a long time between the amen and the there it is. Mm. But turtles do arrive. Okay? They get there. It may take a minute, but they do arrive. So your answer may, it's going to arrive. It just may take a minute. Uh, it's kind of like your heart's not ready in that moment of maybe of your prayer. But if you continue your relationship with him and you're listening to him, you're actually positioning your heart to receive what's coming next. And so if you haven't already figured it out by now, God does a work on your heart. He gives you open heart surgery without adding the anesthesia. Okay, You're going to have to take this full on and full awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you've been probably dishing it out full on and full awake. So anyway, but be encouraged. Be encouraged. Um, we're not perfect, but we're being perfected by his word. That's why, it's imp- that's why the devil doesn't want you in it, because he knows that word's going to perfect you and change you and going to change your neighbors and your coworkers and your whole world. So you don't have to spend hours, like hours on the end. Just be consistent. Uh, those 30 years I travel, uh, there's an animal that I always encounter. I say, God, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to ask you about this one. Like, what do we use it for? I've never seen a hat. I've never seen a perfume. I, I don't know what we do with this animal. It's a skunk. <laughs> I said, so what's the deal? I've never seen a skunk hat or a coat or, um, you know, so what's up with this deal? I said, you know, if, if I see it, he stinks. If he's dead, he stinks. If he crossed my path, he's going to leave his stench. I said, so what's the deal? I mean, no matter what condition this thing is in, he leaves a smell. I said, so what's the point? And he said to me, he said, if I could just get my people to be like that. I said, how's that? He said, consistent. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, well, that's, it talks, that's like talking about habits. Yeah. I've uh, heard this recently. You know John Mark Comer? Have you heard, have you heard just, the name? Just briefly. Um, I've been reading this book called uh, Practicing the Way. Okay. Um, and one of the things he says... And it kind of, 
it kind of rubbed me the, a weird way when he said it. But then, like, as I thought about it, I'm like, it makes sense if you don't, like, you know, we live in a culture where it's somebody could say something to you mm-hmm. and, like, we hear it and, like, now we get offended. Mm-hmm. But when you really, like, kind of dive into what it actually means, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And he's like, he's like, make God a habit. Like, if you can make God a habit, mm-hmm. like, that's him. Perf- like, he can perfect you yeah. in that. When I heard that, I'm like, make God a habit. That seems like it's, we're that almost really minimizing is. him to, like, making my bed or something. Yeah. But, like, for real, though, like, it's not going to, you're not going to just overnight put mm-hmm. all these things in place mm-hmm. where it's all perfect. Yeah. You know, like, I have this perfect morning routine with him and this and that and whatever. It's like creating small habits mm-hmm. that over time and the consistency That's right. leads to a way that now you're more like Jesus. Because yeah. um, like for me, I started in college, I would not make my bed ever. Like I was just, mm. I, I don't know what it was. I just didn't really, for some reason I was just like, okay, when I come back, I'm going to get in the bed anyways. So why does it matter? When I, when I graduated college, I started making my bed and man, like that first like couple weeks or whatever, of being hit or miss with it. But now every day, like there's there's not a time where my bed is not made. And I I don't want to say spending time with the Lord and being in the word is making your bed. It's two different things. But now I can't see a day where I go without making my bed. Shouldn't our time with the Lord and and being in the word be the same thing? Like yeah. we have to make it a habit. Um and we have to be consistent. Amen. Exactly. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't make it bigger than what it like really needs to be. Like, I feel like if we fail, like, you know, people do like the Bible in a year plan mm-hmm. after two weeks, three weeks in, they're off course and they're like, well, I guess there's next year or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, like just put small things in place. Oh yeah. You know, like take that car ride two or three times a week where you just don't listen to any music or anything. Mm-hmm. And you just sit in his presence and his mm-hmm. thoughts, like put just small things in place that will compile over time. That's right. And I'm I'm sure you at 71 and then you at 19, 20, like it's two different, it's two different things. You weren't, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but at 20 years old, I doubt you were just, had the same habits and, and, no. and strategy and, and mm-hmm. the schedule that you have now. So like why, the, as, again, the enemy just wants us to yeah. like, to kind of yeah. succumb to that. Well, back then I was at 19, said that first four or five years, I'm struggling to keep up with, I was struggling to keep up with uh, maybe 10 guys in a sense of text, but we didn't have cell phones yet. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So it was either handwritten letters or phone calls or, hey, let's go out for breakfast or lunch type thing. Um, when COVID hit, I was invited to be a chaplain of a company out of Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they had 35 employees. So, of course, during COVID, you didn't see anybody until just maybe a couple of years later. And so, anyway, when I did, was able to say, oh, oh, my goodness, you're Justin, or you're Ball, or you're Bill, or you had no idea. But during that time, I would take some messages. And I'd call once a month, and I'd text three times a month to those 35 employees. Uh, and I told my one of the bosses just this last year as we were finishing up 2023, I said, uh, oh, by the way, I just want to thank you for letting me be a part and inviting me on back in 2019. Because uh, now that list of 35 today is 195 text messages that goes out. 
around the world, but it all started with that 35. Mm -hmm. And then as each, as my days and weeks and months uh, came along, uh, God would bring other people in my life and I felt the need to put them on that list. And uh, this is the, this year here of 2024, I'm no longer with that company, so I'm 35 less, but at the same time, I'm still at 195 and plus that 35 back into 2023. And so it's amazing. I don't know if I would, I don't know what I'd have done back then, you know, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, let alone, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, it's kind of like the Bible. Maybe some of you, you've got the same translation that you started out with when you got saved, living Bible, the message. Uh, the Passion Bible, those are all great translations. But my thinking is if you're still on that after a year, then you're probably not getting it what you need to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So change the translation to maybe New King James or another to, so that you're reading intentionally. So being that I grew up on King James, it's easy for me to still read it and not get it. Mm -hmm. So I got a New King James that makes me read every word because I don't want to miss it. You know, and so if you're still on the same translation since you got saved, you probably need to consider changing it just so you can get in the habit of just seeing that verse and not just skimming over it, but really getting out what you need to get out of it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, I used to work among the, the Amish back in the day, and this one gal, I said, you knew order or order? And uh, she said, uh, and, and, uh, she said, oh, order. I said, okay. And I said, how old are you? Well, ladies don't like to tell their age, but she started and she stopped. She's probably in the mid twenties, right? Give or take. And about, uh, I said, okay. But she didn't want to. She didn't want the conversation. I'm working beside him on this kind of assembly line thing, and I'm working up with something. I'm not going to stand here eight hours and not talk. Okay, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. And so uh, I said, okay. Imagine this. You know, you get home, your driver drops you off at your house, and uh, your mom stands in the doorway with your your blankie, your pacifier, your teething ring, and your Gerber baby food at your mid-twenties. What would you think of that? So that'd be kind of crazy. I was like, yeah, but that's all order. So why don't we get a new order? Mm. You know, it's kind of like our translations, you know. We do do... That's the insanity. If, if you keep on doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. If you don't like the results, then change a few things. Mm -hmm. You know, challenge your heart, challenge your spirit, challenge your journey with getting maybe a, considering getting a new translation. And really, rubber bands are no good until they're stretched. And so, you know, otherwise they don't serve any purpose or anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, have a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Leonard, you're so good. You're so good. Uh, I don't even know how I'm sitting here right now. It's crazy. Just the the things that have to happen. Yeah. In order for this to happen right now yeah. is is wild. Um. But I feel like anytime something like this happens, I'm like, I'm like he he's real. Like he, yeah. there's just no other way about it. And. uh I'm I'm excited for the other li for the listeners to just pull something out from this, yeah. right? Like they can hear this whole conversation, yeah. And I just I hope there's one thing that they can yeah. 
can gather from it. Well, you may remember this maybe about a month or so ago when we were connecting. I think even I don't think we even spoke on the phone very little. It was all text messages. Mm-hmm. And uh, you asked me, says, so where do you see me? You remember that? Mm-hmm. And I responded, I said, you know, you're God's son, and uh, and I'm a gold digger, and I know there's gold in them <laughs> there hills. <laughs> I said, so, uh, you know, you have worth, you have value. And that's the way it is with, with God's people. We're the only creatures on the planet that looks like God, in a sense. The trees doesn't, the rocks, the birds, the animals, very few of those even resembles. There's a couple of them out there. <laughs> but overall, we're the ones that's populating the planet that comes and born in the image of God. And so uh, we need to in, invest where he invests and, uh, and just impart in, in into people and really see him. You know, uh, our hearts, there's a song that we sung that many of you may know, Open the Eyes of My Heart, I Want to See Jesus. Well, the people that you work with, live with, around and for, if they don't know Jesus, you're the closest to Jesus they're going to get. And so it really behooves us. It's really imperative for us to make sure to get a good view. It's kind of like cologne. Some of you have expensive colognes. I just bought one because I had some birthday money. Hmm. And uh, it's called Gucci or something? Yeah, Gucci. Yeah, it's uh, $140 a bottle, okay? (laughs) Uh, very expensive, but when you put that bad boy on, people know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the way he's, you know. So what if we put Jesus on? Mm. He's more expensive than any cologne that fits in the bottle. So if we wear, if we wear him, people are going to know that. So you 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 putting on Jesus will change the atmosphere, will change the trajectory of those people. So be be aware of that. You you're making a difference more than you realize. Wow. That was good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I swear you just have this like way with words. That's just uh, and like fra- and uh, like metaphors. Yeah. That's just like oh, it clicks. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I wonder how much that cologne would cost. The the Jesus. I, I guess it's free, right? Well, he's paid it. <laughs> it cost him his blood, so it's been paid for, for. and doesn't fit in the bottle. I remember when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I worked for the Red Lobster and all those years, and, uh, and for Christmas, we would buy our boss a portable bar. Now, you young whippersnappers, you have no idea what that is, but I'll give you a picture here. If you take a briefcase, you know what a briefcase is, set it up on its ends, and if you open it up, and this was a bar that had shot glasses and rum and liquors and stuff in it, had shelves in it, if you can imagine taking a briefcase and standing it upright. We would buy our boss that every Christmas uh, for as a gift. Well, when I got saved, we changed, the, we changed the bar side of it. We kept a bee. We bought her a Bible. <laughs> so she didn't have to worry about any hangovers from that. And then there's a high, there's no high like the most high. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we bought her a Bible instead of a portable bar. And that was a definite transformation. Of our of our shift, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. People are waiting to hear the answer, and you sitting on it, you sitting on a gold mine, you listeners there, and I guarantee you, you've got one or two around you, that's wanted to hear. They're wanting freedom, and I want to encourage you to hear and listen for what people didn't tell you. 
and you, now you're looking at me funny. For example, they'll tell you how they spent their weekend, and you, that's what you hear with your natural ear. But what they what they didn't say that you hear with your spiritual ear is that I'm lonely, I'm discouraged, mm. I'm trying to find myself. Can you help me? So you really have to listen to what they didn't say, because they, what they're saying is really not who they are. They're trying to find who they are, and you have to be on sharp, on cue to pick that up and then give them the answer that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I've, uh, I don't know if you would be okay with this, but recently, and you can shoot me down right now and tell me to stop doing this, but recently when people ask me how I'm doing and all that, yeah. I'll just be like, I'm not good. Like, I'm, I'm not good. Mm-hmm. This is X, Y, Z. And a lot of times I see like people then open up mm-hmm. about what they're going through. Right. For me, it's just my way of kind of like just getting, getting around it, like instead of just like going to the surface level stuff, I'm like, I'm just gonna break the ice and okay. not to make put everybody in a bad, like a weird mood because mm-hmm. like sometimes you'll get people like 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 that. Um, but that's something I've been doing because like okay. usually most of the time I'll just be like, oh yeah, I'm good, like you know, mm-hmm. just went on this trip or whatever, and you just kind of say okay. it. And I, recently I've just been like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really like too great, like I'm kind of struggling a little bit, yeah. and. I don't know if I should be doing that or not, okay. but... Well, I've done both. Now, let's say, let's take you and me, for mm-hmm. example. And we just met, and we connected, and it's cool. He said, how are you doing today? I said, now, you want me to lie to you, or you want me to tell you the truth? That's usually my response. <laughs> or I say, are you serious? Are you really wanting to know? Yeah. Or, are you just, or are you just being nice? Just be nice. <laughs> and that usually sets the stage. Sets the stage. Okay, I got to set the stage a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> but, but, but no, either way works, but because some people... They just want to post it on their Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's the case, you're not going. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's for example, you say, well, God used to trust me. But why did he stop? Well, because you broke the trust of somebody. Mm-hmm. And now he can't trust you. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Now, if you want to know because you genuinely care about me and you want to be able to help me, uh, it's, it's Tuesday and I, I don't have enough money to make it to Friday for gas, so I could use about $40 in gas type thing. Now, if you want to help me, that would be great. Now, if you use me nice, uh, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> you know, and usually you pick up on that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it. Yeah, you can definitely. So either way is great. Yeah. Uh, I would suspect that people that know you, yeah, know I can, me, they, yeah, they can kind of. They can, they'll, they'll be ready to hear what yeah. you got to say. Exactly. Uh, but mo- a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, we've got two groups of people in our lives. We got one group that's genuinely interested in us and watching us and helping us and said, "Man, I'm here for you. Call me at midnight if you have to." There's another group that's just watching to see how far you're gonna fall, mm-hmm. just so they can say, "I told you so," or just yep. as I thought. Yep. And uh, we don't have any control over either one of those groups. But that's why we need to focus on the ones that genuinely care about you. Yeah. I think for so many years, I cared more about the the other group. Yeah. And used it almost as motivation. Yeah. When really, I should have just been focusing on the ones yeah. that were in it with me. Yeah. Because um, those you can yeah. call at midnight. Yeah. It's not if the hell breaks loose. Yeah. It's the when. Mm-hmm. And when the when happens, you need to have a go-to. Exactly. Because, yeah, you can have all the motivation from the other yeah. ones. Yeah. There's, you're still alone in it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, again, culture being like, oh, I got to be the lone wolf. Yeah. I got to do this on my own. It's like, no, like we need to get a band of brothers yeah. or sisters or whoever yeah. it is 
and go at it together. Yeah. Like that's so much more powerful. Yeah. Like the, the fit, like my coach would always be like, what's more powerful, the five fingers, or if you put that in the fist, like what's more yeah. powerful? Yeah. Yeah. So. And you want people that, uh, that you're not looking to necessarily agree with you, but really that can help you, mm-hmm. support you, and give you kind of slap you upside the head, even though oh, you 100%. don't want to. I don't want the people that agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'll have some friends like, oh, do you want me like, how do you want me to give this? I'm like, you know me, just give it to me straight up. Yeah. Like, am I tracking this right? Like, yeah. is my is my train of thought? Yeah. Because most of the time, we already know kind of mm-hmm. in our head where we sit and like, it, it could be a wrong like frame of thinking. We just need somebody to kind of like right. guide us to the mm-hmm. conclusion we already know. Help us think through. Yeah. Because yeah. most of the time, like I have a lot of friends that I'll just, I'll just shoot text messages to and it's like, paragraphs long Mm -hmm. and I'm like I just need to vent and towards the end of it I start to come to my own conclusion yeah but like he's just there listening kind of guiding Mm -hmm. the conversation absolutely it's like we already sounding boy like he already gives us the answer Mm -hmm. sometimes we just we just fight it a little bit and then (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah are you listening to me (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly um but we are coming up I know we've been going for a while we can go forever honestly um this could be broken into we could have been sitting here for five hours and had so much from yeah. the conversation, but we'll, we'll kind of conclude it here. Is there any like last, last words of wisdom? I also want you to pray for us. I feel like I, every time that you pray, I just, God moves in it. I, yeah. I, it's, it's so powerful. So I would like to conclude with that, but if you have any other last yeah. things that are on your heart that you want to share, you know, um, I just sent, like I said, mentioned a text message out to about a hundred and, 97 guys around the U.S., Norway, France, Germany, um, and New Zealand. Um, and, that, and that heart was just to re- remember, just to remind them to stir up the gift of God that is within you. God hadn't changed his mind about you. God delights in you. God is for you. Um, anyone can do your job but not anyone can take your place. Mm. And that place is what you have in God. Uh, You can live like the world of flesh and the devil starting today, but the gift that God has on your life is irrevocable. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That is to say that that gift is still there intact. When when are you going to decide to respond? That's the question. Because God hadn't changed his mind about what he's called you to do. So if I could encourage you to really press in and and just, you know, leave your phone in the bathroom or the kitchen somewhere and you go somewhere else and hang out with God and just kind of close yourself in with God and says, God, what is on your heart for me? You know, I'm here, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 20s, or I'm just starting out, whatever your, your status is at this point in this season, in this journey, uh, I encourage you to really press into God and say, God, I want to hear your heart for me and for where I'm at and what you're asking me to do. And I also would need the grace to carry that out. What does that look like for me? Uh, you know, I'm thoroughly convinced that when I go out in public to buy something like a Lowe's or Walmart or wherever, if I go somewhere, my thinking is, Lord, who do you have that I'm going to encounter that needs to be affirmed on what you're asking them to do? You know, and so 
Um, I never will forget one of my lowest encounters. I needed a key cutting. This guy's coming down the aisle, and Holy Ghost says, that's your guy. And uh, I never saw him before in my life. I have no idea of his story. And when I came across this, I said, hey, dude, uh, doesn't look like you're planning on retiring at Lowe's, so what's your plan? <laughs> and he said, I'm thinking about college. I said, you're going to have to get your head out of your tail and do more than thinking about it. You have to go register, apply for the loans, apply for the grants, get a scholarship, You know, get, find out what the classes are. When do they meet? Where do they meet? What are you doing about that? I just met this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm in there quite often. So a week or so later, I saw him again. So I said, in the progress, January's coming. <laughs> but anyway, so really, uh, we really are to spur one another on to good works mm. and challenge one another, encourage one another. Because, mm-hmm. beloved, if you're where God has you to be, I'm going to benefit from that. And I want to, And if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't have time to criticize you, be mad at you, better at you, or envy of you of nothing. I don't have time. I'm too caught up in what God's asking me to do. And if you do that for your journey, uh, you won't have time for Facebook or any of the others. You won't. You won't have that kind of time. All right? So I don't, I'm not against those, but a lot of people hang out there when they should be hanging out with Jesus and with the people that he wants them to reach outside of the social media realm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm not bashing that. I'm just saying we need to really, really, really get caught up in what God's asking you to do, what He's asking me to do. I probably would not want to do what you do, and you probably wouldn't want to do what I do. But there's grace in what God's called you to do, and there's grace in what He's called me to do. Mm-hmm. I was with some military people on my vacation for my birthday, and many of those guys I spoke with, they they knew God called them to be to serve this country, as well as serve Him. And those guys are in a. I told several of the sergeants, I said I would love to be in your position because God has brought you cities, He's brought you states, He's brought you a couple of nations that the U.S. you know has control over. Here in this military, you don't have to go to them. God's brought them to you. And so find out what God's who God set before you. Mm-hmm. and go with it with all your heart, with all your mind. Where God guides, He provides. Where God directs, He protects. Where God ordains, He sustains. Okay, So there's, there's really, all you need to do is just go. It's not difficult, beloved. Remember the kiss. Keep it simple, saint. Mm-hmm. But it's not difficult. Really just be encouraged. Be encouraged. And one last verse. So shall a man find favor. In the sight of God, in the sight of man, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. That's Proverbs 3, uh, uh, verses um, 3, 4, and 5. Okay? There's a lot, bud. There's a lot. I'm just stirring like crazy. But be encouraged, my friend. Being, you can do this. This ain't your first rodeo. The devil is alive. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare the power of God over every listener. You said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall he not make it good? The scripture says he watches over his word to perform it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. God, I declare and decree that you, that you are good and that your mercies 
endures forever. And I bless these people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, I declare great grace over their lives and the favor of God upon them. And just as you stop the mouths of the lions from devouring Daniel in the den, I pray that every mouth be stopped that will seek to devour them. You said the Lord God is a sun and shield, and he gives grace and glory, and no good thing would he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Oh, Lord God, how blessed is the man that trusts in you. Some trust in horses and some in chariots, but these have chosen to remember the name of the Lord our God, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that he would ask or think, according to the power that works in him. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. And every man that has his hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. God, I think that your word is truth. It's life to them and health to all their flesh. Therefore, seeing we're accomplished about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience that is set before us, for we're looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So, Father dear, I declare great grace over these, your sons and daughters, over these families, these businesses, these organizations, these nonprofits. God, we just declare great grace over your people. Open their eyes, God, that they would see. Give them ears to hear your voice. Give them a heart to perceive and understand your plan and your purpose for which you have called them. God, you said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, nor stand in the way of the sinner. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in your law do they meditate day and night, that they should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in their season, and that their leaves should not wither, and whatsoever they do shall prosper. So, Father dear, I thank you, and I bless these, your sons and daughters. You are the glory and the lifter of, of their heads. You're their shield and buckler. You're their tower of strength, their balm of Gilead, their lily of the valley. You're the one. You're the one, God. There's none like you in all the earth. We thank you for, for this we recall to our minds, and therefore we have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. It is good for a man both to hope and quietly wait and seek the salvation of our God. So, Father, we bless you. We thank you for these. May they, may they continue to be strengthened and encouraged. We bless them, and we thank you for their time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Leonard, my friend, I love you. I love you. And I I know our listeners love you, too. And I'm oh, just so thankful for you, uh, for your time. Um, the way God has just is just using you for your wisdom, um, just all of it. I'm so thankful, uh, and, I, and I hope to have you back on at some point because I feel like there needs to be a part two, part three, yeah. part four, part five. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm just I'm excited to continue to grow our friendship and and to be um, just to learn from you. Amen. I feel like you're. I feel like every person needs a Paul in their life, and, mm. and you're my Paul. Um, and I'm like a Timothy, like, you know, uh, I'm just really thankful, um, to see just the Lord move through this relationship. Amen. Uh, the last thing I'll say before we close out here is just, 
like what are what are you doing with your your time your treasures and and your talents like is it spent on your phone or is it spent building the kingdom growing the kingdom um it's a, it's a question that we should be kind of asking ourselves every day i think mm-hmm. Just what are we doing with our time treasures and talents uh so i'll, I'll leave there with that um I would love for you, for listeners to follow me on social media, um, if I must boast, or my personal. Um, you, you can see those in the, in the show notes below. Um, and if you're, whatever you're going through, please, please feel free to reach out in, in my DMs and just, I would love to walk alongside you. Um, anything that you're going through, any questions, anything like that. Um, but yeah, Leonard, once again, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm expecting of what the Lord's going to do Amen. with this episode. Amen. Um, and we'll leave it here at that. Um, I, I, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Mm-hmm.